just listen. cool it's cool we live for the weekend blah 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 it becomes like a habit very quick because it's so fun Ryan, thanks how's so much man how's it going how are you doing good good thank you and you yeah good man and we are at smith linden smith boxing huh yes 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 the linden place. area yeah my little gym here yeah. it's pretty power and you train people you don't train yourself here or, or, or you train people here oh. I, i'll mess around here do some added extras and stuff like that but i basically just train people here and yeah. then from time to time we'll all get together and do like weights and stuff like that here. okay like a, yeah how big is your um your client base that you coach and stuff um i have like just under 30 people maybe oh, okay. yeah before lockdown i think i was over 30 i think now it's just under 30 yeah. roughly and what happens when you go into camp and things? Um, it's all good. Just a week before the fight, things change. I might have to cancel or generally I, one of my teammates come yeah. here for me. You know, I just pay them to come here. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So um, when I when I saw you got into into boxing and you, I think you just had won the, your first bout, um, I was quite shocked because you and I growing up, you know, we weren't or we were naughty and we weren't really focused on anything high performance um in grade nine we almost got uh, locked up for spray painting walls and things yeah so so i mean to see you which you guys left me to paint all by myself <laughs> you know i painted all those walls we, we, the next day we helped you buy we helped you buy the fence i don't remember that so thank you for telling me that <laughs> no sorry about that yeah um yes yeah, so that was bad actually yeah that was funny um i had to go to church it was sunday that's why i didn't help you paint yeah gotta go apologize yeah i church. still get rubbed off about that because i went and like spray painted my neighbor's uh wall yeah. and i put like my nickname on there i was like yeah. rowie yeah, so yeah my yeah, parents yeah, were yeah. like what were you thinking obviously we're gonna drive past and know it was you, it was you. Yeah, yeah, yeah so i was a chop eh? yeah, <laughs> so i mean geez, the, it, your transition because uh with with all due respect one of the yeah. least likely guys I expected to become a professional in a sport that, that we were friends with. So talk yeah. me through that that path. Where did things change for you? Yeah, well, um, well, boxing was always on the back of my mind. But because I was so naughty and stuff like that, and I knew how like a lot of people perceived me, I was also like a bit nervous. Because like once or twice I did like speak oh. to one or two people. And because I was such a naughty kid, like they just laughed at me, you know. Yeah, so yeah. they actually brought my confidence low. So it was always a little thing I kept in the back of my mind you know like and my boxing coach peter i had him on facebook and stuff from like a young age yeah i was hiding any picture that was going up on facebook which he can see you know oh, really? so okay, i was always yeah. like very smart in that sense yeah but yeah it was always a dream at the back of my mind i remember when i was 14 was the first time i prayed to become that's funny because i'm i'm not a heavyweight but uh, i prayed to become a heavyweight champion and oh, stuff wow, like okay. that so from young yeah. uh, it was my dream yeah to do it eh and those are, th I mean, we were mates back then and I didn't know that at all. So you kept that to yourself. Yeah, yeah. I I, I can't remember who I told. You would have known them. Yeah. But I remember like one or two guys like having like, it was funny, like proper funny for them. So yeah, I was like, yeah. screw this. I'm not <laughs> telling anyone. I'm going to show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when did that training become really focused, high performance type training? Uh, only after like the age of 20, 21, you know? Okay. So my father didn't want me to become a boxer. So it was quite delayed and stuff. I had to get a degree. Yeah, okay. And then he also thought I just wanted to become a sportsman. So he put me in like a little golf place for a little while. It was like six months. And yeah. that's after that, I realized like I really, really want to follow boxing. Because I saw like how hard these golfers were working. Yeah. Then I was like, screw this. I need a... I mean, because they all had the heart. Yeah. So, like, it was really cool to be there and stuff. But if you don't have the heart, more than discipline and stuff, you can be disciplined for something you don't enjoy. Yeah. If you don't have the heart for something. And I was watching this one lady just practice over and over and over in the yeah. beating sun in a bunker. And she made me realize, uh, my heart isn't there. I need to get into boxing. Yeah. And then I spoke to my father. I was like, let me finish this degree. And then you fund one year of boxing. And that's exactly what happened. And then that year... Yeah, my training just escalated. I joined the pro guys and stuff like that. So, yeah, when I was 21, I think it was, yeah. things got intense. Maybe even 22, 22. Okay. What degree did you get? 
uh, IT software development, okay. so like coding and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was quite intense, yeah. No, I can imagine. Yeah. And then um, at what age do you win your first title? Yeah, it was two years ago, so I think I was 24. Okay. 24, 25, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And now what, do you, what have you got? You South African champion? South African champion and the all-African champion just means like a... Africa as well, which is mm. quite cool. That's IBO, IBO. IBO Africa, yeah. It's okay. not the... You get like sister belts, they're called. So you get like the main belt, then mm. you get like a sister belt, okay. which is like just under it. So you have to win that before you can compete for like the big boy or yeah, yeah, before yeah. you put in their rankings and stuff like that or regard it as a number one contender. Yeah. So if, if we... The boxing that we kind of see on TV with all the... Um, you know the famous guys like uh, can what is Canelo Alvarez and and uh, Manny Pacquiao, all those guys. Yeah, what is what's still going to happen for you to get to that kind of stage? So I'm ranked, I think, number thirty fifth in the world now. So okay. now I'm getting close. Yeah. But for that, they all top tens. You know, mm. even uh, depends on what weight category. You know, so my weight category is super competitive. You know, mm. like if I speak to somebody who knows a little bit about boxing and name like the top ten guys, he'll know all of them. You know. Yeah. But like in another weight category, it might only be the top six guys or top five guys. Okay. So yeah, top ten, but in most weight categories, you want to be top eight. Top eight, then people know you, you know? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, so we're not far off, but uh, two more years, two more years to make it yeah. rain. Yeah, you're still young, yeah? Yeah. So how do they how do they decide that? So you're 35th. Dave, you got to keep competing against guys above you yes. to get up there. So it's, it's, it's actually amazing, and I actually want to still find out the answers to it, but BoxRec, it's an international boxing recording or data company, right? They have people at every single fight around the world. I don't know really? how they do it. I don't know if they also watch people on TV, but they must have yeah. a lot of employees like or just a shitload of boxing pugilists or boxing lovers, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think like one guy must just watch so much boxing and then they have maybe like a thousand or a hundred of those guys, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So every single fight is recorded on BoxRec throughout the world, especially if it's a legal sanctioned fight, you know, some uh, like backdoor underground stuff is not like legal yeah, sanctioned, yeah, yeah. you know. But if it's proper like uh, sanctioned bout, those guys have it on, on record. So you just have to keep on fighting and it depends the people you fight, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. It's an interesting question. I don't have all the answers yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So, so they kind of run all of that type of stuff in the rankings. And yes, whatever. yes. And then yeah. box rec is like where the average person you can go box rec and search any boxer, okay. even boxers from the seventies. They have millions of boxers on there. Yeah, boxers who had one fight and never fought again. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing how much data they have. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you unbeaten at the moment. Eh? You got a twelve and zero record. Yes, twelve and zero. And how much does that play? into your mind in terms of pressure is that something you try to keep or is that not really the point of it it's not a pressure thing you know in boxing is unfortunately a sport you don't want to lose in yeah uh, any combat sport you don't want to really lose in because like it's beating on top of the loss you yeah, know yeah, yeah but um it does help you know like jordan peterson has this thing like if you keep on winning you keep a winning mentality you know so mm. i think that's like the coolest thing and i can feel that you know if you keep on winning you get this winning mentality i haven't felt it and i don't want to feel it but uh, i've seen with one or two guys when they have that loss they start to doubt and think they think about the loss a lot more you know yeah. you know sports psychology and stuff like that the the losing part of the game comes into everyone you know mm. you learn like very quickly that you are your toughest opponents and stuff like that yeah. so you know once you overcome all those thoughts and realize that this is actually extremely normal and stuff like that yeah the losing parts you just got to block out you know yeah, yeah. it's a part you shouldn't think about yeah for sure i mean how, how much thought do you put into um the mental side of boxing and the psychological side of of that moment facing an opponent you know it's it's yeah. quite a it's quite a um what is the word i'm looking daunting for? it's daunting but it's it's very like um primal in the sense that it's you against another guy going to war 
but then there's also a lot of technique and skill involved yeah so how much attention do you pay to that mental side yeah they say uh boxing is the second biggest mental sport after tennis tennis yeah. is surprisingly 90 percent mental they say 10 percent physical boxing they say is 80 percent uh mental 20 percent physical so yeah. i was a chop in the beginning you know and i just learned about the mental side through uh practice you know mm. then it was only like when i started just after the essay title i won the essay title i started seeing like sports psychologists and stuff and then that exact word you use priming mm. started learning how to like prime yourself before a fight because people don't realize you get like repeated thoughts it's it's all a pattern you know yeah, your body yeah. goes through the same thing your mind goes through the same thing you know and you actually just gotta grasp it so i actually learned a lot by just doing it going into the deep end and then like four fights in, five fights in, I was like, okay, this is normal. This happened last time. And I would like write things down like from time to time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and like with weight cuts and nutrition and stuff, it helps just to jot a few things down and stuff. So when you go back and read it and you're like, hey, uh, I felt like this the last time. It's like, this is normal. And then you mm. beat all those fears. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, you learn real quickly, like two fights and after your first fight even you had i had so many fears and so many worries and stuff and not one of them happened yeah. it's like my brain just made up anything it could yes and the second time it, it did it as well just not to the extent the first time was obviously the roughest you yeah. know yeah. and then you just learn like your brain comes up with things which doesn't come true you know mm. so you also beat that and you learn not to trust your own brain which is kind of interesting yeah yeah because i mean we we tell ourselves stories based on our emotions and things and uh, when you start believing those stories is when you change your behavior or the behavioral outcome, you know? Yeah. Um, so it sounds like what you're saying is exactly that. You've just become aware of what is true and what is just lies your, your brain is telling yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, what else is interesting as well with the weight cuts. This took me long to learn. Uh, you kind of put yourself like you're depriving your body of like everything it needs. So, mm. you know, like when you're hungry um you dehydrated and stuff you mm. go into a negative frame of mind which also plays an even bigger role on the whole mental side of things you know so yeah. that was also interesting it took me long to realize like especially like the last two days just before weigh and you know you get like proper like why the hell am i doing this oh, really? you know yeah. like yeah how much weight do you have to cut before you i i i do like 10 kgs from like the start of camp okay. till like weigh in so yeah, like yeah. in two months i'll drop like 10 kgs okay yeah so what do you weigh at the moment like 86 87 yeah okay fight at 76 okay cool. yeah, so it's a bit lockdown made it like one or two kgs yeah, more than yeah. usual eh? when do you start uh, your your next fight you said it's 12th december. 12th december so yeah i'm gonna start now eh? okay yeah cool. i've been obviously doing putting in uh little bits of work here and there but not to the extent i can you know yeah. so that's still coming and um if you if you've just finished the fight do you go into a period of just letting go or do you always keep your your level of training relatively high so it's an interesting question um my boxing coach doesn't really believe in rest he's old school uh he's yeah. very old school um so yeah these days after when i was fighting six rounds in the beginning so that was like my first six fights mm. he never gave me any rest so i just carried on and stuff like that yeah now like with 12 rounds 10 rounds and stuff it's quite taxing on the body yeah so like he'll give me like a few days a week you know mm. if like my body's sore you know i know if i've torn something with bruising and stuff like mm. that because it happens you know you don't feel much with adrenaline the yes, next couple uh, of days like tore my bicep once and didn't even feel anything or uh, let me not say i tore my bicep but my whole arm was bruised you know so i tore something yeah, yeah. like it was black um and yeah so that day at that time i took like two weeks off you know so if something's niggly and stuff like that i might okay. ask for an extra week you know yeah yeah but on average two weeks max yeah and yeah. and that's purely physical you're not taking a mental break as well consciously or are you actually trying to get away from it mentally um so yeah mentally uh, i'm quite aware of mental relaxation and stuff so i'll try and stay away from like social media a little bit and stuff cell phones and stuff um but yeah generally you would try and get away even if it's just for like three days even if you just go somewhere close by like the peelandsburg or something mm, yeah. you know that mental switching off you need mm. to do but your brain's amazing you only need to do that for like three days you'll be sweet it would be better if you can get it for more but yeah. you definitely want like a minimum of uh, three days just full relaxation out of your usuals and stuff like that yeah 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 so with boxing obviously as you said it's the most second most mental sports 
Um, having worked with some some tennis players, golf players, UFC or EFC fighters and things, I, I struggle to believe that tennis is more mental, maybe strategically. Yeah. But I think in terms of needing mental resilience, obviously yeah. the fighting game comes in. Um, and with boxing, though, do you think that's something that you were born with or something you've learned, that mental strength of facing off with an opponent? No, anything can be taught, eh? So, yeah, when I first walked into the gym to now, it's completely different to people. Like, what would bug me four years ago was like, now I'd look at that person and be like, it's way too soft, way too sensitive. And now, like, it's really hard to, like, bug me, you know. Yeah. I, I can't quite explain it, but you just become a bit tougher overall, you know. So, mental toughness can definitely be taught, you know. Totally Anything right. where you get put into the deep end, survive put into the deep end survive you come out stronger every single time you know yeah yeah, yeah. But the, i think the real question is do people does anyone that gets put into the deep end survive or do some people just crumble and, and fail yeah that's a great question hey yeah some people you know you just assume everyone can do it yeah but you you spot on hey some people and there's different forms of escapes they call it you know yeah. so either they crash or whatever they just don't quite handle it as well or there's different forms of escaping, like where you escape from the real world. Mm. You drink, drugs, yeah. play games. Play games is a big one, you yeah, know. Yeah, you yeah. just go into your own world with gaming. And social media and things as well, of Yeah, course. escapes. Yeah. And um, what, what, keeps you motiv what, keep, sorry, what keeps you motivated in terms of every morning wake up? Maybe you don't have a fight, especially during lockdown for a long time. What keeps you getting up and training and things? For me, it's a weird one. I just know that there's people out there who are still putting in the work and training hard and stuff. So I always think, even if I'm training super hard, I always think there's someone training harder. Okay. So that kind of, that's my feel, you know. Mm. I know it sounds stupid and stuff, but there's some people putting in some lots of hours. If you think about it that way, if someone else putting in like six hours a day, yeah. and we put six hours, 20, you know, yeah. one day you might even feel like, pumped up and put in like a full eight hours you yeah. know so yeah it depends that that's what fuels me yeah okay uh, so you've put in eight hours in a day of training yo i've most probably exceeded that eh oh, easy 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 yeah peter's boxing sessions on average are about two hours okay i've easy had a gym session of two hours and i've trained yeah four hours in a day you even if you play a squash game or something yeah. it, it's an added hour I, i've most probably gone over eight once or twice easy yeah. Cheapest. i think yeah, yeah. yeah what do you do other than than boxing what what do you how do you keep yourself busy so i have this boxing gym and stuff like that which uh keeps me busy um maybe like on average six hours a day five hours a day um and then other than that there's always one or two things to do with it like the people i hang around with and stuff like that everybody's got something to do you'll jump in join them yeah boxing as well we do a lot of training and stuff so it's the boxing training it's running, mm. it's the weights. So, yeah, I'll run about four times a week. I'll box okay. like five times a week on average and weights minimum of like two a week, you know. Mm. So you'll be surprised. It takes up a lot of time just the training on its own, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, this gym keeps me busy. And then I like to chill if I get the time, hey. Chill and cooking. I enjoy cooking. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, you still play golf and those things, or have you stopped? I've played a little bit, but after that golf academy, I kind of was a bit bitter towards golf. Mm. So I took like five years of not playing. Okay. But I've recently, I think I've played like four times in like the last three months, you know? Mm. So like recently, the biters, what's it called? When it bites you again, yeah, golf yeah, bit me again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and squash, you said you also play. A bit, bit from okay. time to time, yeah. With this whole lockdown and stuff like that, they've been strict on me with uh, membership and stuff. Okay. So yeah, actually, I must join. It's not expensive at all. I've just been lazy. Usually, yeah. I'd go there and you pay like fifty bucks from time to time when you wanted to play. You know. Yeah. Play Gary Squash Club. Or okay. Yeah, Randberg, right. yeah. 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 No, I, d I just find it interesting because, yeah, obviously, a level of of obsession needs to be there if you're going to be a professional in a sport because it takes four five six hours a day of training um so i was just interested do you do other types of sports and, and activities as well to balance it out or yeah right? it's so referred to as like active recovery okay squash mm. is a bad example but i'll play tennis i play tennis a few times you know so like 
on a Sunday or Saturday, you know, even on a Sunday, it's like a rest day. Mm. You play two games of tennis and I know it's like training and stuff, but it's, it's not like your usual training, yeah. you know? So it's like an active recovery day or hiking or just doing stuff, you know, even walking, like trying to get on your watch, getting over like 10,000 steps, you yeah. know, that might be a, like a tiny little goal. Uh, small things, small things, but rest is very important as well. Hey, mm. Just to bring the body back to normal. But yeah, squash is, squash is a proper workout, especially if you're playing someone good, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you uh, implement any any mental training like meditation or mindfulness and things or not really? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so like two weeks before, we were like, Pete will do like this meditation thing with us. I can't remember how long it lasts. It's been so long since I've last fought. Mm. Is that your coach? Sorry. Yes, yeah. yes. So about like a 20-minute little meditation thing just to block everything else out and just focus on fighting. Yeah. And as the coach, you know, the things he, he wants us to focus more on and hone in on. So, yeah, we do a bit of that. Um, mental recovery as well. Like even if it's just like a 20-minute nap where you don't fall asleep, you know, but no mm -hmm. cell phones, no TV. Yeah. And that's also important to you. People don't realize you might get the physical rest, but mental rest with all the distractions going on. I mm. think mental rest is the biggest one. Eh? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you think it's important for a coach to to be tuned in to the, the mind of his athletes? Yeah, I think, I, I don't know about all sports, but I'm pretty sure it's like this. But you tell your boxing coach like everything, like there's no mm. secrets, you know, which is pretty cool. Like you'll talk about the most obscure things ever. Yeah, boxing uh, teammates, I think in general, mm. is like the tightest thing you get just on an openness. You yeah. know, you're extremely open so that everybody can understand how you're feeling, mm. um, what you like, what you don't like, you know, what makes you irritable, makes you grumpy, you know. So, yeah, boxing, my boxing coach in particular knows a lot about me, you know. Yeah. So, I think it is quite important. Yeah, yeah. Who's in your in your kind of camp in your team? What do you have? Do you have a nutritionist and all those things, or how does that work? So we've learned a lot about uh, nutrition throughout. Peter's wife's like number one in Africa, and like top fifty in the world for Herbalife. Okay. So her alone, like her nutrition is is pretty remarkable. So mm. we often see Peter's wife quite a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we've also gone and uh, messed around with dietitians and stuff like that. But we've learned a lot, you know. When you're an athlete, you eat this and then you go and train, you feel bad, you know. Mm. So, like, if I eat bread and I go train, it feels like something's stuck in my stomach. Mm. It doesn't feel like it's digested. Yeah. You know, bread's like a common one for me. But you could maybe eat bread. So, there's also, like, things that you have to learn about your own body. Yeah. So, there's also been a lot of trial and errors, you know. So, we also kind of know. And then... What else did you say? Nutritionist, then? Yeah, yeah. What, what does your camp look like? How many guys are involved? And then we've got Nina, the massage lady. So the massage uh, is important. Nina is pretty, pretty yeah. remarkable. Then it's Peter. And I I see a sports psychologist on my own, on my own basis, you know. Okay. And I'm pretty sure, like, everyone else does from time to time. But that, a lot of people don't speak about. I don't know why. Yeah. But, yeah, that's about it, really. It's a, a conditioning coach. Uh, massage therapist Peter the boxing coach nutrition we kind of all know we yeah. all kind of know what we need to eat you know in a simple terms it needs to be like chickens and salads and protein a bit of mixture colorful plates mm. uh, a mixture of all the um, micro macronutrients yeah. and stuff like that yeah and the the weight cuts and the refueling of the weight cuts you also do yourself yeah but there's so much science and stuff which has gone behind that so boxing mm. has been doing weight cuts for hundreds of years yeah. like let me not say hundreds of years but a long time you know since like the 70s at least so yeah, yeah. hundred of years of big exaggeration <laughs> i doubt they cut back yeah, then maybe but um yeah there's huge science which has gone into that hey yeah. like massive science and everything i've ever read about it the people who write the articles and the scientists who done it, they miss out one huge thing. They don't put their body through it. So they say, this is what happens. They read mm. graphs and stuff. But what I've noticed with weight cuts and stuff, the first time, if it was a graph, like I was right at the bottom, you know, the next time my body l knew what I was doing. It even started to hold water before I cut the water. And the third time, 
to another level, full time to another level. Your body is a remarkable thing, which okay. learns a lot about you. So it's adapting your body. Your body adapts. Your body knows exactly what to do. Like even now, my body will hold more water than you because my body's scared that I'm gonna take water away from it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's like really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. does the weight cut get harder or easier as you get older? It gets, it's gotten a little bit harder because I've obviously gotten bigger. You know, my muscles are growing slowly and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so you get a bit bigger with, obviously, you boxing and training for like three, four years. It's mm. impossible not to gain like two kgs, a yeah. kg of muscle in that time, you know. Yeah. So it gets a little bit harder. just means you have to be more disciplined, which makes it harder. But the the part isn't, the hard part isn't cutting weights. It's like actually the whole refueling and yes, stuff like yeah. that because you're still going to go fight. So you have to be at your optimum at your best still yeah. you know like where a lot of people cut weight and stuff and they don't need their bodies to perform you know mm. we need the whole rehydration process crazy like after weighing you only eat food like two hours afterwards because yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. much of a process which goes on you know yeah 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 i know with fasting as well if you if you break a like a three-day fast that some people do you can't just go with big amounts of food straight away you've got to start slow with a bit of electrolytes and whatever and build your your body back into eating yeah um so i don't know if that's basically what you're saying now kind of kind of yeah it's exactly it yeah you can't just stuff your body you know mm. your body hasn't received food yeah it's, it's actually spot on yeah, you know yeah. needs to learn how to like break down you have to get your body ready for food because we don't like starve ourselves we mm. still eat but we eat like very small and like very uh little calories and nutrients and stuff like yeah. that you know are you are you at 100 percent when you're fighting or do you think without a weight cut you'd be fresher? I think without a weight cut, I think there is still definitely you put your body you you starve your body a bit, you know. Mm. So I definitely think there is uh, a ten percent, five percent. Let's go with ten percent, you know. Mm. Maybe I'm just trying to be lenient because that's my own yeah, yeah. sports, and you know I'd like to lie to myself here. But let's go with ten percent, you know. But also in the same sense when we train and stuff like that we never had a hundred percent you know even when monday comes the sunday felt way too short you know yes and it's monday till saturday you know your last sparring sessions on saturday and generally like how it starts is like tuesday you might do eight rounds thursday you do 10 rounds saturday you do oh, the 12 wow. rounds you know yeah. so at the same sense we never had a hundred percent so we actually get more adapted or adjust to the situation that you you never had a hundred percent yeah and yeah. to function on that, you know? Yeah. Uh, the sacrifices that you make, are they are they worth it so far? You know, because there's obviously the physical sacrifice. You, you're healthy and you're fit, but there's a lot of strain. But more specifically, the sacrifices like giving up some time with friends and, and taking part in some of the things that they would be doing. Yeah. Even if it's having a drink or, or yeah. a smoke or whatever. Do you feel sometimes... Do you question if those sacrifices are worth it? Yeah, that, that's that been the hardest one for me, you know. Just because, like, all my friends, you'll know a few of them. A lot of them like to drink, like to smoke and stuff like that. And the cigarette smoke, like, really affects me, you know. Mm. Like, um, if I go into training the next day, my nose will be blocked and stuff okay, like yeah. that. If I'm around cigarette smoke and, like, if I'm sparring and somebody hits my nose, it bleeds a lot quicker than it ever would if i was like with a whole bunch of friends where everyone's smoking and stuff and as an athlete unfortunately you do need to take yourself away from that lifestyle you know because mm. you keep on doing it it's cool it's cool we live for the weekend blah 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 it becomes yeah. like a habit very quick because it's so fun you know yeah and it also makes you forget about like other things like hey let's drink it's just it's that cool you know so uh, not just the drinking part I, I miss seeing like a lot of my friends i have definitely distanced myself and you've asked me that question at the wrong time because this lockdown hasn't been good for like competing and stuff like yes. that you know if it was prior to this lockdown i would have answered 100 percent yes but like you know in lockdown with all this time you've i've had to think to myself i'm like shit man i should have spent a bit more time with them you know Not really yeah. yeah yeah you've got to obviously make whatever you've sacrificed worth it one day when you look back and you go well despite not having as much time or fun as we want to call it with friends i've achieved a lot and i've changed people's lives with what i've done and things is that part of your your mindset do you think like that or not really? yeah yeah i don't want to just fight for myself i want to i want to be one of those guys that come back and like just help the country in a whole you know so i want to do so well i can help the country in a whole and like 
use my boxing in a form to like get into maybe like a leadership role or something yeah. just help this country in a way where like people can trust this person to come and say like hey um let's maybe try and do things like this you know so i've traveled seen countries or through boxing i'm gonna travel and see countries you know yeah. this is how other countries do it maybe try and implement it yeah but yeah it, before this lockdown I, I would have definitely um enjoyed the sacrifices i've made because yeah. uh yeah i was going to germany i was going to be fighting for the euros and everything like yes. that you know so i was like one two fights away from like really living life nicely you know yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, your fight that was cancelled is that is that done is it postponed or is it cancelled it's postponed okay. yeah so you might still do it yeah yeah i think a lot has come i spoke to the promoter yesterday when we had to do this whole covid tests and stuff so we have to get tested like every two three weeks now mm. for our fight in december wow okay. yeah so yeah. it's getting pretty interesting so i saw him and he said plans have maybe changed a bit he says this was his exact words it's funny how things work for the better sometimes because overseas fighters um demand such high purses it's forced the promoters to look elsewhere because oh, wow. the money and stuff hasn't quite been the same so let's say you one of those canela alvarez and stuff who's expecting 70 million dollars a fight you yeah. know okay we can pay you we'll we'll sacrifice it because you bring in that many people but then the people under you who won five four million dollars a fight we can't afford them anymore yeah so let's go to places like south africa where if we give them fifty thousand dollars they will go through the roof you know mm. it's not like two hundred thousand dollars which would on minimum is what those guys are requiring you oh, know? Wow, yeah. so a lot of promoters have looked elsewhere and ronnie berman said it looks like kevin arena is going to be going off to australia okay. in february yeah. and i'll be with them most probably okay so there's definitely international places gonna come off when everything's back to normal yeah that's very cool though yeah you and kevin are good mates you train together and things like yeah 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 become good mates like i said teammates you learn a lot about the other person you yeah. know sometimes i think he knows too much about me and i'm probably <laughs> know too much about him yeah, you know yeah, yeah. yeah how's he what's his next step because he's um a little bit further up the chain that, than you are at the moment am i right a bit a lot yeah no, yeah so yeah. he he's worldwide top 10 in the world top five in the world in most boxing categories remember oh. like i said yeah. in certain divisions uh you need to be like top eight i was mm. playing it safe so his division's kind of rough because there's not that much competition so in kevin's you need to be like top four because okay. there was yeah. Alexander Usak who moved up to heavyweights. There's such a fine line between cruiserweights and heavyweights mm. that the guys move up all the time, you know. Okay. So yeah. a lot of the good cruiserweights have gone up to a heavyweight. Yeah. But Kevin, Kevin's done really well. Unfortunately for Kevin, he's probably going to have to go up to the heavyweights just because oh, for those mega fights, there's maybe like one or two guys in the cruiserweight division where there can be a mega fight, you know. Yeah. But in the heavyweights, he can make something huge. Yeah. And Kevin's future is all international from here on out. So I was going to have this last one regardless of my prior plans. I was meant to go to Germany, then fight this guy I'm going to fight, you know. I'm ranked number one in South Africa, but in a lot of people's minds, he is number one. Even in my mind, you know, I need to beat him to properly earn it, you mm. know. I agree. What's his name? Uh, Rainer Lienberg. Okay. Big in the Afrikaans community mm. and stuff, especially in the West Rand. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was always the plan. Once I'm done with Rainer, I was done in South Africa. So, I still need to get through this hurdle. Very tough fight. And then I won't be on Kevin's level, but at least I'll be on the international train, which mm. is a lot better. It's cool, you know. Yeah. 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 When Where is your fight happening with Rainer? It's at Emperor's Palace, but no spectators in sports this year. So it's interesting. We're yeah, getting isolated good. two weeks before. We have to stay at Emperor's and possibly two weeks afterwards. Oh, wow. How interesting yeah. is that, Even eh? if you pass the test. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah. there's a lot of gray areas for after, but I know for a fact we stay in there two weeks before. Before. Oh. Yeah. Creating a bubble of some sort. Yeah. Jeez. The world's been weird, eh? It has been like, weird. Yeah. Wow. But I'm glad you can you can at least fight for a change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, so there is always that worry that we're going to another lockdown, you know. There's yes. a lot of those rumors going around, so we need to see our numbers, though. Yeah. yeah. Are you interested in, in MMA as well or just boxing? So I have a guy who's in my teammate. His name is Boyd, Boyd Allen, and oh, he's yeah. done really well in the EFC, and mm. he has his own uh, gym, and they've got judo, wrestling, um yeah a whole bunch of it so i do mess with him from time to time because the way boxing and the combat sports has gone 
a lot of boxers, uh, UFC fighters have gone over to boxing, yes. you know. So let's say I make it big and then one day they offer you like $50 million to go to the UFC. Yeah, yeah. At least I've been doing a little bit of the work, you know. Cause yeah, yeah, of course. With wrestling and stuff, it, it helps the sooner you start, you know. It's all about experience, yes, you know. Uh, so let's say four years down the line, then I only start, you know. So now I'm not doing a lot. But like every Friday, Boyd and I will mess around and okay, stuff. Yeah. So I'm doing a little bit, you know. And yeah. Peter's always made us, every Friday, he's always made us elbow kick oh, really? and stuff. Every Friday. So yeah, it's yeah. called Street Fight Day. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So Interesting. it's always been part of his training and stuff. Because yeah. well, I think it's uh, muscle memory and you get too much in your comfort zone just uh, using your hands and stuff. So he's like, okay, cool. Yeah. this round uh kicks only this round hands and feet this round and then it like really stuffs you up as a yeah. boxer you know it's same as if you come from mma into boxing yeah, yeah just yeah. doing your hands it really stuffs you up same for us if we go from boxing into the kicking and stuff it like stuffs us up because it's not what our body is used to yeah yeah that's interesting because with the golfers um what what i've seen coaches do is they sometimes let them hit left-handed if they're right-handed or vice versa just to get that repetitive muscle memory just to wake up the brain a bit because they go into that almost a mentally mentally sleeping zone yeah where it's just like re repetition repetition yeah change it around and your brain has got to start thinking again and things wow that's very interesting yeah. eh? just for like 10 balls but it just because i can find myself doing that from time to time i know exactly what you meant with mental sleep because sometimes we do like 15 rounds over and over and over and over boxing's a lot of repetition you yeah. know mike tyson used to say the number one thing he hated about boxing was the constant repetition oh, yeah. and like sometimes when you're doing 15 rounds 15 times 3 45 minutes you know in that 45 minutes you can't help but sometimes mm. 10 minutes 10 minutes is a lot okay yeah. five minutes like, yeah. falling asleep you know yeah so yeah, i yeah. know exactly what you mean you've made me think yeah how can i wake myself up yeah, yeah well peter seems to know how with the yeah bringing in the kickboxing style stuff yeah, he's quite good. Yeah. Um, so would you ever go across to, to MMA given or EFC given the opportunity or not? Only in the future if I make it big yeah. in uh, boxing and then they offer me a lot of money. Okay. I'll definitely do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where is uh, Boyd Allen's gym? That, where, where does that sit? That's in Morningside, Bryanston. Um, yeah, it's a new gym. It's called the Apex. Oh, Very nice with gym. Apex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, I think, I don't know the exact... Uh, partnership and stuff mm. but he, he's definitely a partner in apex okay. gym they've just opened the new one huh yes yeah, that's yeah. the one i'm talking about it's yeah. there by pulls pulls off or something yeah. like that yeah awesome yeah yeah, yeah they were in Bryanston there by opposite the morning side so i don't know the exact location of this one yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still morning side area though i was chatting to one of the guys on facebook i can't remember because when i moved here i was doing jujitsu in cape town and tried to find a place this side but then lockdown happened um, so I wanted to know when they open and things, and then he was just telling me yeah, the new one and things. They open. You yeah, should go they, there. Yeah, yeah. I saw they open now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's probably the it's it's been spoken of as one of the best. Yeah. In this side of the world, so. I definitely, I, I, I'm big fans of the people who are behind that gym and stuff like that. I think they're great people. Yeah. And I think that gym is very busy. So that speaks volumes. I yeah, think yeah. by far, I don't know too much about the jiu-jitsu world and stuff like that. So mm. it's quite hard for me to comment. But I, I would say that they are definitely the best. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I don't even doubt it. I know for a fact that Richard Kwan and Boyd and them yeah, are the yeah. best in that yeah, side that, of the world yeah, yeah. In, in our country yeah 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 yeah, yeah coach kwan i'm gonna try to get him on the, the show because uh i admire what that guy's done in the mma world i think he's he's very good at yeah yeah i, I forgot that he's involved there as well didn't course, so yeah. th that's why it's a bit confusing because I know it on like another level, you know, there's also a guy called uh, Chef, Norman Vessels. He owns Fight Fit Militia. Yeah, yeah. And they also all attached together, but there's That's Apex in Gym. Or somewhere. I think so, yeah. yes. When I actually used to go to Fight Fit Militia when I was like 13. So it's oh, been yeah. around for years. Yeah, yeah. And when I went, it was in Ravonia. So okay, yeah. I don't know where it is currently. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's where Don Madge trains or yes yes no no no. don madge is affiliated there for sure yeah. don madge also has a piece but don madge also has his own gym in cape town cape called yeah. mad fits mm. mma fits or something yeah, mad yeah, fit yeah. yeah 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 i saw that actually it's been interesting to see how the the combat sports have grown in south africa you know boxing 
and uh you know mma yeah it's, it's just grown exponentially maybe because it's shown on tv more often now or i don't know what it is but people seem to love yeah these sports uh, have you have you seen an increase in in that like supporter base and things definitely so i think south africa has always had lovers we are a fighting nation mm. you can go anywhere and get into a fight no <laughs> lies there's yeah. no place that you could take a foreigner, right? A foreigner says to you, please take me somewhere where you can guarantee me there won't be a fight. You know, oh, like you no. you can't, it's it's a luck of the draw, you yeah. know, there might be one or two safer places, but even there, something could happen. Yeah, South Africans yeah. are a fighting nation. Even if I go out, I can see when the Oaks get drunk and they're with a bunch of friends, they're watching me and stuff, they're thinking it, you yeah, know? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so I wouldn't say that it's grown. We've always been lovers of fighting. South Africans, mm. All our cultures mixed together, loving or fighting, whatever yeah, you want to yeah, say. But yeah. I think with one or two names doing a bit better, like Kevin, for example, showing like a lot of boxes, hey, you can actually do well in the sport. You can make money in the sport. Mm. Let me give it a bash. Then on the EFC MMA fights, a few guys going over to UFC for the first time. Mm. Don Mash being the first one to yeah. win. We had, uh, I think, Ruan Potts went over to the UFC. Mm. I know Gareth McLaren. I forget Soldier Boy. I forget yeah. his surname. And I know Darren Daniel went over to Japan or Hong Kong. Darren mm. Daniel was one of the first. He was flipping good. Yeah. Um, but Don Mash was the first person to win. Mm. So now it's like showing people, hey, da 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 da, this yeah. can be done. Then there's like one or two guys underneath them that are also starting to do well. People mm. are like in the beginning, because South Africans are hard to get their support, right? Yeah. Picture rugby. Um, they love rugby, they hate rugby. Yeah. Love rugby, hate rugby. Yeah, so win, yeah. with boxing, it's similar, but you get good fans, great fans which get behind you, but you also get fans which you have to prove wrong. Fans which are like, hey, this guy's not going to make it, mm. blah, blah, blah. Like in my case, too much of a nice guy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Not going to make it. Okay, prove them wrong. Then they jump on board with you forever. Then you just got to keep proving people wrong. And then you get some people in South Africa which just don't like you. You yeah. know, you yeah, just yeah. got to deal with it. No sportsman's 100% loved. Yeah. One weird thing with, with uh, South Africans is they th always see us, our stars as lesser than the world stars. So I remember when Don Madge just won. The way he won his second fight was quite a tactical fight. There wasn't a lot of action, let's put it that way. He was wrestling against the cage and whatever. And people were chirping him like so south africans were chirping him and that he's an average fighter and that he does like he's never gonna make it just because he didn't go and knock the guy out you know what i mean um and i think we we always think south africans aren't as good as the americans or the europeans or whatever and it takes a lot for you to prove them wrong and be like well i can be a world champion yeah yeah well, the odds are, okay, in their defense, I'll go to my thinkers, in their defense, the the competition levels overseas are way, way bigger. Yeah. You know, like, for example, the Apex Gym, there's like 100 people going there. It's the busiest jiu-jitsu gym in South Africa. Mm. In the States, there's a thousand gyms with 10 times the amount of people. There's yeah. just that much competition. Uh, you and I competing against one another. I learn lots from you. You learn lots from me. Okay, now we in South Africa, there's no one else after you and I. Mm. Overseas, there's you and there's 50 guys. There's a line going outside, you know? So yeah. that competition level does help them, you know? So mm. we actually do need to work a little bit harder to prove them wrong. But yeah. when we, we can prove them wrong and we can do it, you know? The odds are just we're from Africa, you know? We don't load shedding a whole bunch of stuff, you know? We, we don't have <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the odds in our favor. We just have to prove them wrong. Yeah. But going to the, sp the actual my thoughts South Africans some of them can be like the worst supporters ever you know and I actually make a special point any South African doing well I give full credit I'll send mm. them a message I'll support them if I can I'll go and watch them Ryan Gibbons is in the Tour de France yeah, at the moment yeah, yeah. no one's no one's really I don't hear him on the radio and stuff like that. No. He should be on the radio, man. He's a youngster. He's a year younger than you and I. He's 20, 26 mm. this year, or if not 26. He's in the Tour de France for the first time, yeah. doing well. South African you know, I've champion, seen him. Yeah. I've seen him. I've been watching a bit. First time I've ever watched Tour de France because he's in it he's now. In it, yeah, yeah. And we've had a few guys that I've never known of. This downhill uh, mountain biking guy, Greg Minow mm, or whatever. Yeah, he's been champion for years. Yeah, man. he's won. I was watching this thing on Red Bull TV. He's won 21 world world titles or world yeah, cups yeah. or something and like we all knew about him like two years ago winning three years ago but 21 he's been going yeah. at it for years he's 37 yeah, 30 yeah. okay brad binder getting a lot of support and stuff that's yeah, power that's good yeah but lots of 
South Africans need a bit more support than they get, you mm. know, which yeah, yeah. is just South Africans. I think South Africans are quite it's rough and tough. You have to prove them wrong yeah. before they get behind you. And that's it, really. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, because even um, Wade Fanikuk, before he won the Olympic, uh, you know, world record gold medal, he was winning world champs and he was slaying guys at the Diamond League. But no one actually knew about him until he set the world yeah. record. And even now when you go like, this is maybe a bad metric, but you go into Instagram. And he's got like, let's say he's got like 800,000 followers. Usain Bolt is like 50 million. Yeah. You know, it's like, why, how does he get there? Yeah. Um, so I think South Africans are tough as, as fans. Yeah. So, so it's media and marketing exposure, you know. Yeah. So Usain Bolt's African, right? So he proved himself to be the best ever then exploded, mm. right? So yeah, he's yeah. a bad example. But yeah, uh, I think... Uh, like anyone overseas, for example, if you in the Olympics, I know the Russians pay them like 10,000 euros a month just to be in the Olympics, right? If you're competing well, yeah. for our country, that's it. That's minimum, mm. right? Better you are, the more you get. You know, yeah, we don't get. And then obviously they blow you up over there. So let's mm. say you go into the Olympics for wrestling. You are on all the billboards in the very popular wrestling areas. You are on TV adverts 24-7. Yeah. yeah, so marketing and stuff's huge over there. Over yeah. here, it's a bit more I think um, just a bit more relaxed you know I don't know they don't well, we, jump on we, it we stick to rugby every advert's always our rugby players or our cricket players we very seldom get into the individual sports like athletics boxing yeah when we when we're using I mean Sia Kulis is promoting every company there is at the moment yeah him and um, Casa uh, Samenia yeah. they're the two biggest names yeah, yeah, in yeah, our yeah. country at the moment for sure yeah um, but I mean Guys like Kevin Lorena, who's also done amazing things, isn't getting that same exposure and that same marketing and media opportunities. Yeah. Even the brands that they associate with them are, are smaller brands compared to Samsung and all those guys yeah. that are with, with Sia and them. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's unfortunate as well. There's a bit of politics behind like every ad yeah, and everything, sure. you know, which yeah. needs to be taken into consideration. But sure. even behind that, I just don't think South Africans realize the power of marketing. You know, mm. I think the guys which use Sia and Casasomenia, for example, even Wade Faninka, because he's a Discovery's uh, mm. picture boy. Yeah. Um, South Africans, I, I don't think, realize the the power of marketing and as a sportsman i'm slowly starting to see it it's like wow like these days i get given so many things for free mm. like and people even send me a message hey would you da, 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 da. and i don't even have the biggest following you know I, mm. yeah it should be more i always get in trouble that i don't jump on my social media and stuff because yeah. it, it is important these days but from what i've seen on the international levels and what i've heard from people going to america and stuff like that mm. there's commercials they call it overseas 24 7 you yes, know yeah, like yeah. marketing's huge you know you don't realize it but if every single day i show you mcdonald's has mastered it yeah, mcdonald's doesn't put it right in your face they put it like just to the side there so like every single day i put like a little mcdonald's sign here and I, you and i in the office you know it might take a month but eventually you'll get mcdonald's yeah. i'm sure of it yeah. like one day you'll just be and like stuff you won't even know why you want it but yeah. it's because it's been placed yeah, yeah it's crazy are you are you have you got plans to to up your media coverage and marketing on social media yeah yeah I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna start paying someone to do it now hey eh? mm. i just want to find someone good because often no disrespect to them they're oh, doing what they've been told or they're doing what they know is best you know but unfortunately i come from a camp where peter doesn't want to share too many secrets he doesn't want too many videos and stuff like that so a lot of the guys clash with me because i'm like hey i don't want to do that and so now i've started like telling them like from the get-go like hey this is the kind of things we i can't do da, da, da. so it's working a bit better but mm. the marketing guys they like they like it. they know what will get you far and stuff and yeah. unfortunately one or two of things things clash with uh peter smith's training and stuff mm. like that and unfortunately that's my number one goal i don't want anything yeah, coming yeah. in what he says goes mm. and so yeah i need to find also a good one you know so mm. let's say you want a job you need to send out a good cv you know so a good so. one which will also like correspond with everything yes i can't give you an example but they love videos uh videos get you exposure doing mm. this doing that you know and with boxing like peter always says you never saw what mike tyson did when he was the best floyd mayweather is another great example floyd mayweather has one video and he's just throwing one punch the whole video is called the jab but mm. but where he shows actually what he's doing 
Really? Every single one of Floyd Mayweather's, all that pitter patter stuff is not what he does behind the scenes. Yeah, so Even this Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez does a bit more than the others, but that's not what Canelo Alvarez does. Mm. If you watch Canelo Alvarez fight, he never puts his hand down. Go yeah. watch every single one of his videos, his hands are down. Is this so like I I get what Peter's saying, and also because mm. I'm in the sports, I see it, you know. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm looking for someone now who's cool, who's yeah, good, who's gonna earn it. Yeah, I wonder if you should look international or local. That's also a tough one, huh? Yeah, but I have yeah. to go local. Yeah. Those guys with the ex- currency ex- rate of exchange, and also like I was saying earlier, I'm supporting South Africans, you know. Yes, for sure. I yeah. mean, guys, I've heard South Africans could do it. But because of the overseas people being better, they get them in, you know, mm. at triple the rates. Yes. We have some greats, great people. I'm for sure, sure yeah, for sure. Have you got a, a manager that, that kind of runs your stuff for you or do you do that by yourself? No, so Peter's a trainer and manager. Uh, oh, South okay. Africans, we have trainers and managers. Okay. You know, I think if you hit the international American level and stuff like that, that maybe a discussion will have to come in then. But mm. where I am right now, it's perfect the way it is, eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ronnie Berman, the promoter, is also a really good promoter, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Um, I know you got to run. It's almost 10 past, so let's uh, let's end it off. I just want to ask you one question that someone put through on, on Instagram was, if you could choose one fight right now, dream fight, who would you want to fight against? What a cream fight. Cream fight. A oh, dream fight. Yeah. It would have to be Canelo Alvarez, eh? You Is fight it? Canelo Alvarez, you know, win or lose, he's made such a big name and you become a legend, you know? Okay. And even yeah. that, I don't think you can fight Canelo. In my weight category, they, you can't fight Canelo Alvarez for under $5 million. Oh, wow. You know, that would be like minimum pay. Yeah. So yeah, even that alone, after that fight, you know, you can relax more bits, you yeah. know, not forever. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can uh, so take the foot of the gas. Definitely though. be the dream fight. I'm lucky awesome. in my weight category, there's a lot of big names and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. You know, so I, maybe you'll know Billy Joe Saunders, mm. uh, Daniel Jacobs, Canelo Alvarez, Triple G. I can go on. Uh, flip, I went blank now. Uh, <laughs> that Mexican, I went completely blank. But uh, like my weight category is lots. Yeah. So now if we go into Kevin's weight category, name the top cruiserweights. It's Kevin. It's uh, that tall Lawrence O'Coley. Mm. And that's like really it. Yeah. You can have a, a, a debatable third. But yeah, that's about it. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you, uh, with your weight class, you're going to just stay there or you're going to go up or down at some stage? I think in the future, but I'm going to stay here for as long as I can. But in the future, um, I will maybe go up, eh? Is this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Listen, man, thanks for, for your time and um, for all the insights. It was very really cool. And uh, we'll definitely catch up again, chat again soon. Maybe after your next fight, we'll do another one. Sweet. To see how that's gone and things. Cool. Thank you for having me, Nichols. Power, man. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Lacquer, buddy. Cheers, bud. Cool, cool.